Yes, we do. You every single weekend on these airwaves. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. Citizen Watch on Merced's new stock station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM. Come on. Tumor said. Water. And all of the little communities up and down the 99. Hey, here we are, Saturday morning, uh, April, August. <laughs> April 9th, not quite, I'll tell you, it moves. It moves quickly. Uh, but anyway, here we are, uh, trying to do everything ourselves. Oh, yeah, we played that. Now let's do something else. Anyway, uh, we are here, the bonus half hour, 9 a.m. Hopefully you've enjoyed our lineup this morning. And Roger at 7. We had a new content at 6 and 8. Hopefully you enjoyed that. You can always catch that on our podcast, 1480kyos.com. And here we are with that new, uh, that bonus half hour. Of course, Dave Luna cruising with the big kahuna tonight, 5 to 6. Cost a little bit of money to fill up the car, but hey, what the heck. We were covering the Merced City Council meeting. We're going to get back to two issues that we didn't cover. But I wanted to let folks know that... uh, they're going to have the Bicycle Coalition, the Merced uh, Bicycle Coalition, great great outfit. They do a lot for the local bike paths, promoting bicycling here in the in the city of Merced and the county. They're going to have a uh, ride with the mayor. No, these aren't the old uh, Mayor Mike Murphy uh, rides. You know, this is with the current mayor, uh, Mayor Serrato. Usually, he's uh, you know down in the down in the ditch picking up the well, whatever uh, the transients leave behind, which actually they're doing today over at Joher Park. Actually going to be a grade level today, I believe, over there at Joher Park. Or maybe that's just where they're rallying. I don't know. Maybe they'll send you out to the creek. That's going to be uh, going in, uh, going on this morning. Uh, I believe, uh, what is that, Community Cleanup Day, 4 or 9, that's today, 8 to 11 a.m. over there at Joher Park. But uh, coming up in May, May 28th, resurrecting a, uh, a great idea. From uh, former Mayor Mike Murphy, they're going to have a ride with the mayor. Uh, starts, in, starts in Bob Hart Square, 8.30 a.m. sign-up, uh, 9 to 11 a.m. Uh, again, one of Mayor Murphy's uh, great ideas, not necessarily the podium uh, that he had made when he made people stand in the footwell, but, you know, he had some good ideas. And if Mayor Serrato now is going to start maybe resurrecting some of the old, uh, you know, the old uh, ideas, uh, Mayor Murphy, maybe you know, maybe finishing the sewer water wastewater master plan that would be uh, that would be uh, really interesting. Uh, adding more police to the force, you know, we're at ninety eight. We were hoping to get, I think, over a hundred. Of course, uh, site for the new police station. I think we've given up on that. Uh, measure C, you know, we need to uh, we need to extend Measure C uh, support for that. So anyway, there's some ideas that uh, are still out there that were good ones. Uh, you know, oldie but goodies as they used to say, from the uh, Murphy administration and now Mayor Serrato resurrecting one of those in the uh, ride with the mayor. Let's uh, move on. Uh, I don't, boy, I tell you, so many things I want to talk about, and we just don't have the time. We're going to play some sound bites. Uh, let's go into the arena, the regional housing needs assessment. This is something you hear, this term, arena, arena, arena. I always think of renal failure. A uh, horrible thing if you uh, are on dialysis, but no, this is RHNA unit regional housing needs allocation unit production plan, and this is something that the uh, same six or seven voices that talk about affordable housing and the city's need to do more, more, more 
Moss, 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 uh, wanting to float inclusionary zoning a few months ago, uh, soundly shot down by the council. This time, uh, it's the wolf in sheep's clothing coming back before the council. And even though it doesn't have the fangs that uh, inclusionary zoning does, it's still pretty potent. And it's uh, something that uh, I think they were wrong in going as high as they did. They uh, proposed a 12.5% inclusionary, or excuse me, an affordable housing uh, threshold they wanted to see in new projects. There were some exclusions. Uh, There were some areas that they could uh, pay offsets. Of course, these things are very... Uh, detrimental to the uh, affordable housing folks that want this codified uh, not only in a resolution but in an ordinance and that's where you move into inclusionary zoning so scott mcbride bless his heart uh you you know you think he could walk a tightrope but he was doing it monday night he was he was up there on the high wire the walenda of the development services department over there holding the pole trying to keep his balance uh, between the two sides and this is what they came up with and it's a novel plan. We're going to hear from a gentleman that uh, he's with the Building and Housing uh, Coalition here in, in uh, the county, John Beckman. And he goes, this is either going to be a novel, it's a novel idea, and it's either going to work or it's going to fall flat on its face. And I think when you start dictating to developers uh, what they have to provide in the free market, you're uh, losing it. You'll hear from a couple of the activists, the socialists that think, again, housing is a right and you need to pay for it. Uh, to go above 15%, they eventually settled on 125 just to uh, give away what happened. Uh, they could have gone zero, and Kevin Blake uh, was the only councilman that uh, was in that arena, along with the mayor. Now, the mayor, the only reason he voted no, it was a 5-2 to two vote at the end, was because of this thing they call a nexus study. You need a nexus study to go into the next phase, which is inclusionary zoning. They could have done the 12.5% without the nexus study, but no, no, no. Again, read the handwriting on the wall. The wolf in sheep's clothing. Be aware. This is why elections are important. Again, a uh, not even a divided council. Delray, Sarah Boyle, uh, I think they uh, lost sight of what their original uh, direction to city staff was, where inclusionary zoning uh, should not be looked at and i think this is a a big step toward it and kevin blake he could see uh he didn't have myopia he saw clearly clearly what's going on but again in the valley of the blind the one-eyed man is king and we have to ask ourselves who's ruling us so let's go right now to those sound bites hang on here we go evening sir Evening, Mayor and Council. Uh, my name is John Beckman. I'm the CEO of the Building Industry Association of the Greater Valley. And um, I want to talk about the pre-annexation tool you're looking at to achieve your affordable housing goals. Um, it's something I've never seen before. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting concept. Um, I don't know whether it will work or not. Um, but um, uh, because it's new, I mean, in theory, if a developer can, before they purchase the land, um, determine what the costs are going to be and then make that as part of the deal with the farmer, potentially, um, this could work. And potentially, you have a good idea here. Um, the trick is, will the farmer be willing to sell the land at a lower price point to a developer? Um, which again, this is new, it hasn't been done before, um, but it might work out. Um, 
So I guess we'll all find out together whether you um, have found something that's great or are going to harm your housing um, production even worse than it already is. Um, we'll see. But um, in front of you tonight, you have the letter that I, I drafted for you, Mr. Mayor and Council, um, and it has um, along with it a packet of every sale of a new house and every sale of a used house in the city of Merced for the last 24 months. The last page of each of those two packets has some key data there um, on your housing market. <clears throat> used homes sold in the last 24 months in the city of Merced, the median size was 1,615 square feet, the median sales price was 321000 that is a uh, $199 per square foot median sale price for used homes. New homes in the city of Merced had a median size of 1,852 square feet, median sale price of $342,500, and a median price per square foot of $185. The home builders in Merced are building brand new homes and selling them on the market lower than the used homes on a per square foot basis. The average age of a new home sold in the city of Merced is 39 years. For a lower price point, our home builders are providing homes with a new roof, new appliances, the most efficient homes on the planet, and a home with no toenails in the carpet at a lower price point than your current residents are selling their homes for. So I know that some folks think that home builders are greedy and they're charging too much for these homes. But what do you think about your own residents who are charging more per square foot to sell their own house. Thank you. Jean, welcome back. Uh, hello again, Mr. Mayor, members of the council. Uh, my name is Fui Jean, gender pronouns he, him, his. So this resolution indicates that a minimum of 10% of the proposed units be spread across the four income levels from extremely low to very low to low to moderate. Uh, given our last council meeting, Merced has already developed 142 units in excess of the RENA requirements for above moderate income. And we still need an additional 153 units for moderate income. The biggest failure of this city with regards to housing is that the city is failing to build housing for very low and low income levels. The city has only built, only built 4% of the required housing units for very low and 6% for low income levels. <clears throat> that means that there are over 2,200 units that still needs to be built for these two income levels. How can the city meet its RENA requirements by allowing 90% of new units to be developed for potentially above moderate income? The RENA requirement is for eight years from 2016 to 2020. From 2016 to 2024, the average number of units built per year to date is 670 units, with three years remaining and an average of 670 units that gives us a total of roughly 2,000 units. Now, not all of these units will be for the income levels of very low to low incomes. So how are we going to meet ARENA requirement? It's not possible. We still have 2,200 units needed, and at most we can build maybe 2,000 units given the average. And this is, even if we consider the 1,000 units that are potentially being built or approved, that won't make us breach our ARENA requirement. So, this city does not intend to build housing to meet its renewal requirements. It is not possible at this rate. That, 
That is why city staff in this council keeps repeating the same tune that the city has no obligation to build according to the arena. I understand the arena requirements are for zoning only and the city has no obligations to build these units. That has been made clear by city staff from previous meetings and in this report. But this is an excuse to simply say that we do not have to build these units because there is no requirements to do so. There is no drive to build these units. Is there a legal obligation, as mentioned before, is there a legal obligation for the city of Merced to reduce crime? No, there's not. And yet, we use the same argument here to say that we don't have a legal requirement to build according to the arena. We should make it our goal. We should try to do so. And to add on to the, oh, sorry, to add on to the resolution itself, how will it be enforced? What are the fines? What are the penalties? There are too many exclusions and with specific attention to land dedications in lieu fees and the discretion for the council to reject anything. This plan does nothing. Okay, thank you. Cheng Zhang for Leadership Council. Um, uh, lots of things on this. Um, and I want to say that th there's no doubt that staff has been working to try to come up with some uh, compromise of how we can get affordable housing um, built from market rate development, right? Because the idea is that we are already using up all the state and federal funding and grants that we can get to build affordable housing. The whole point of inclusionary zoning was to get uh, affordable, uh, market rate developers to contribute some of the affordable housing so that we can at least make a better attempt at meeting our arena needs for very low and low income households. So what will this resolution really do that staff can't already do? If you don't pass it tonight, what is it, how's it going to stop them from doing their negotiations with private market developers and all of that already? Because one, while I appreciate the attempt to make the 10% requirement, and it should be 15%, there are too many exemptions. And the exemption alone for the city council to have full discretion on whether to approve a project or not, if a project is infeasible financially, that exemption alone will exempt, can potentially exempt every proposal that comes towards you. So what's the point of creating this resolution if you're just going to exempt projects? You need to create something has, that has more um, enforcement. So you, it, it needs to be a requirement and it should be an ordinance, not a resolution, um, where developers must contribute the uh, uh, affordable units because that is the whole purpose of this, right? Otherwise, we would just continue to do business as usual and stay asking for grants for affordable housing. The whole purpose of this is to get market rate developers to contribute and shoulder something to contribute to affordable housing. They get to come in and build and look, Merced is only going to grow. The property here is going, I mean, like they're increasing, right? This is so lucrative and profitable. How are we not asking anything for market rate developers back? So this policy really says we would like you to contribute 10% affordable housing, but if you can't, then you don't have to. That's what this resolution ultimately says because you have all these exemptions. Um, and that doesn't make for sound policy going forward. Um, I implore you to have staff come back with something stronger if you're really gonna do something about this because otherwise you're just putting into writing what staff is already able to do. Um, and we want to make sure that we're going to create a policy uh, that it's going to actually lead to uh, market rate development of affordable housing. Otherwise, it's just the status quo and continue um, 
work as usual. So uh, I think this needs to be a lot better. And the sole fact that you can exempt any project up, uh, just yourself just gives no bite to this. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Kevin. I'll just start so we can kind of, and I made this clear in the past and I won't uh, beat on it too much, but uh, I, I, I think this is a component of, of inclusionary zoning. I don't support any uh, percentage. I think we've made a significant investment in affordable housing up to this point. Kind of to some of the points I've heard about negotiating and, and, and requiring, I think the reality is they'll just move on to the next town to build. And I think that's the problem. It's again, a supply and demand um, issue. Um, it's essentially tantamount to attacks on developers at a time when commodities like lumber are very, very, very expensive. Um, and I think the reality is it'll just decrease uh, building. And again, it goes back to a supply and demand issue. If you allow people the free market to thrive and people to build, it will organically lower the price of housing. Um, so I let you guys figure out the 10 or 15%, but I'm a, I'm a 0%. So again, Kevin Blake, City Councilman Kevin Blake, District 4 Councilman Kevin Blake, the one, the only one that could see clearly uh, that this issue was the first step, a big step, toward inclusionary zoning here in the city of Merced with a chilling effect on development in my mind. We're going to jump right now to the, we're going to jump right, we only have a little bit of time, right now into the Yosemite Lake Village annexation pre-application item that came before the council. This was after the last item we talked about. Again, the reason I play this is to show you how racist these folks are in their comments. Nobody calls them out except, again, Councilman Kevin Blake. Why the mayor doesn't stop this in its tracks when they say it, I'll never know. I mean, uh, didn't we learn anything from history? Folks saying this rhetoric and nobody saying anything. You know, see something, say something. Uh, it's amazing we let these old tropes still go out there unchallenged at our city council meetings. We let the applause... Again, Mayor Murphy would never have allowed that applause, any sort of affirmation one way or another. doesn't matter what side of the fence you were on. We've lost a lot of decorum over there. But here's one comment, and you're going to hear it in her own words. Uh, this is uh, Shang Zhang, again, community activist and affordable housing adv advocate about the proposed Gallo project north of the lake. This is so far north and so far disproportionately white and higher income that we are focusing all of our staff time on that. This is unacceptable. And I'm going to play the comment and, again, Kevin Blake's response, uh, incredulous as to why every item has to have color drug into it. Again, we've regressed so far in some ways. So I'm going to play that soundbite right now. Here we go. Hi, again, Shang Zhang with Leadership Council. Um, I wanted um, to come up here to talk about, uh, I don't this is like, many pre-annexation applications that have come to you. And, there, and staff is spending a disproportionate amount of their time on North Merced. This goes, goes the whole back to um, equity, right? When, we, when they talk about sewer, water infrastructure, being on septic tanks and private wells, there are people in existing disadvantaged, unincorporated communities right now who still need access to these types of infrastructure. And there is something to be said about this urban sprawl. And that's why when we talk about developing and planning logically, we have to do our analysis. And we haven't even put any resources into that because staff is spending time on these annexations where we are holding up our two SB244 analysis until next fiscal year. So when we think about developing um, logically and whatnot, we have to consider the existing communities and the needs still in those areas in South Merced, 
This is so far north and so disproportionately white and higher income that we're focusing um, all of our staff time on that. It makes, it creates inequity. Um, and not to say that I'm citing about um, folks not wanting to um, annex right now, but just goes to show even even with the uh, with the, their application right now um, with affordable housing. Granted, they did not know y'all were going to talk about the arena today, but if this applicant said, you know what, Bu building 10% just isn't feasible for us. They don't have to do it because you can be like, you can still, we still approve it. That's fine. You can do that. This is why your resolution earlier, it has so much ineffectiveness in it. On top of that, if they say, you know what, we're going to allocate some of this area for affordable housing and they go to an affordable housing developer to say, can you build here? It just goes back to how we're getting state and federal funding for affordable housing. And we're not talking about how market rate developers are building affordable housing. Now, I know there's a lot to be said here. And and for you to think about. But this is, you you have to be thinking comprehensively about all it is that you're doing. And if we're talking about, you know, allowing this pre-annexation application to be approved, I mean, there's got to be more requirements. The affordability and, you know, it's, it's not just getting affordable housing developers to build affordable housing because that's still not city money or it's still not developer money, market rate developer money. It's how are we creating affordable housing and mixed income communities in uh, new growth areas? So there's a lot to be said. Um, you still have to do your SB 244 analysis and take care of your existing disadvantaged unincorporated communities. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Any other speakers? Um, hello again, Mayor, uh, members of the council. My name is Fu Zhang, gender pronouns he, him, his. Um, again, I'm gonna speak up about the RENA requirements because this, I appreciate staff time and the, the applicant working together to put forth an affordable housing uh, portion here, but that doesn't help us in terms of meeting our RENA requirements. We're still way too low. This 90% for above moderate and moderate housing, and then 10% for everything else. That's, we're not going to reach what we need to reach. And that should be our goal. We should be aiming to do we're that. On, we're on the Yosemite Lake Village. I know, and they're talking about affordable housing in that plan. Yeah. And so as a result, we need to make sure that, you guys were saying, this is our teeth. Our DAs are gonna be our teeth, and this is the pre-annexation uh, process. And so we should use that. We just, I think you just said 12.5% earlier. This is not that. We need to make sure that we develop according to ARENA and make sure we meet those requirements. Um, that being said, Shane also brought up the SB 244 analysis. Where's that? We're, it hasn't come along yet. And here the applicant is talking about sewer and water connection and we're putting that forward before even completing our SB 244 analysis. Like that doesn't make any sense. So if we're talking about water connections, we need to talk about what we have been talking about for the past year, and that we need to provide water connections to those that are disadvantaged uh, communities, especially down in South Merced. And so, again, I don't know, we just gotta, sorry. We need to make sure that when we develop, we develop equitably, and we ensure that we produce meet our arena requirements and produce affordable, affordable housing for multiple different low income levels instead of just 90% for above moderate and moderate. So I'm against this uh, proposal here. Okay.
Anybody else, Jenna? Those are all the request speak forms that okay. I received. Would anybody else like to speak? All right. Bringing it back to council. Mayor approach. I was interested to see we're able to draw race into this. It's just amazing to me. I, I don't understand it. But um, with that being said, I think it's a great project. I understand. I, I do understand the concerns. Um, but I have to say with a, with a minus 1% or not minus 1%, I'm sorry, under 1% vacancy rate. Um, I, I just, the housing's needed and I, I understand the concern, um, but I do think it's a quality project as well. Well, we have to leave it there, but once again, Kevin Blake, spot on. Unfortunately, only going to be with us another few months and then he's termed out. Well, we're out of time for this segment of Citizen Watch. We're running long. I'm going to have to edit this down. Hey, my name's KCC, the voice of your valley. Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. I love you all. I'll see you next week.